Expert Insights is an ongoing medical education podcast. The Carl Division of Continuing Education designates that each episode of this enduring material is worth a maximum of 0.25 AMA PRA Category 1 credit. To collect credit, please click on the link and complete the episode's post-test. This podcast forum is brought to you to share expertise and insights within our integrated delivery system to help us improve the health of the people we serve and achieve world-class accessible care. This is Expert Insights. Here's your host, Melanie Cole. Welcome to Expert Insights with the Carl Foundation Hospital. I'm Melanie Cole. Today we're offering peer-to-peer pointers for assignment of appropriate levels of care for hospitalized patients. Joining me is Dr. Crystal Ravi. She's the Associate Chief Medical Officer at Health Alliance, a part of the Carl Health System. Dr. Ravi, thank you so much for being with us. This is a really great topic that confuses both patients and providers. And it may be news to some of our listeners that a person can be admitted to the hospital under two different levels of care, inpatient and observation. Can you explain the difference between these two levels of care And then also describe the difference between inpatient and observation levels of care for the hospitalized patient. Yeah, I would love to. So the first is an observation level of care, and that is a designation that really is for people who may encounter the health system and need some additional tests or observation but are not quite serious enough to warrant, you know, an extended hospital stay. Perhaps they just need some intravenous fluids. Perhaps they need a test that is, can only be done in the hospital. We would admit them under the observation level of care, which is really an extension of an outpatient level of care. And then we have inpatient level of care, which is really for our more sicker patients. These are patients who perhaps need an extended recovery from surgery. They need more tests. They may have, you know, serious infection or sepsis. And then certainly if they are, you know, intensive care or requiring extensive monitoring, they would need for inpatient level of care. Well, thank you for that. So then can you tell us a little bit about Interqual and Milliman? How are those guidelines different? Tell us what they are. Explain a little bit about that for us. So Milliman, which has subsequently been changed its name to MCG, but the colloquial term for it is Milliman. We'll just continue to refer to it as Milliman for the purpose of our podcast. Milliman and Interqual are two different, essentially, companies that look at and take the evidence and look at the intensity of service as well as the severity of illness And based on the evidence, feel that if a member or patient meets certain criteria, they do qualify for inpatient level of care versus an observation level of care. A couple of differences. So MCG, it is designed a little bit differently for the way that people access it, the way that people look at the guidelines. It is very comprehensive. You look based on the disease state and age, and it really puts a lot of emphasis on the patient's severity of illness. As opposed to Interqual, now the nice thing about Interqual, it also has criteria for whether or not a person meets criteria for any level of, you know, hospital level of care, whether it's inpatient or observation. And it also really addresses not just the severity of illness, but also the intensity of services. And so that's just an added layer for how they determine whether somebody meets criteria for 
inpatient level of care or observation. That is the, we at Health Alliance do use Interqual to make our determinations whether if somebody meets inpatient or observation level of care. Also, the way that Interqual sends you through a series of steps and questions and to help you sort of discern almost like a decision tree as to whether or not we are what the patient's level of care is. Well, along those lines then, Dr. Ravi, tell us about key documentation inclusions for decision-making. Well, and obviously, you know, fully documenting the patient's presentation, their severity, what the plan is. I think that the key to documentation is really awareness around what the criteria are. And so, you know, for our hospitalists, I do encourage them to, especially for common diseases like sepsis, respiratory failure, renal failure, get to know what the MCG criteria and the interqual criteria are for inpatient level of care and observation so that your documentation can be really specific for what the reviewers are looking for. Well, then, doctor, What are some of the more important things clinicians can do to ensure that their patients are admitted under the appropriate level of care? I think what clinicians can do is after they become familiar with the guidelines for the condition that they're admitting the patient for is to clearly document the condition and the signs that MCG or Interqual are looking for that document the severity of illness so that they do meet for inpatient level of care. And I think that another thing that physicians can do is knowing that a member might meet the criteria for an observation level of care, documenting that, and it can also save them the time with further documentation or a peer-to-peer phone call as this person clearly meets for observation level of care. I'm going to document as such and continue to care for my patients. This is a really important topic, and I think one of the key messages I'm hearing from you is to understand and know those criteria, and especially for the most common conditions, to know what those symptoms and criteria are. So if the insurance company disagrees with a determination that a member should be inpatient or downgrades them to observation, is there anything that can be done? Absolutely. If a health insurance company does not feel that the documentation shows an inpatient level of care is warranted and they decide that the patient meets for observation level of care, but the physician disagrees, they can request a peer-to-peer phone call with a medical director from the health plan so that they can explain how the member meets inpatient level of care criteria, but before that phone call happens, they definitely want to familiarize themselves with the criteria. And just because perhaps their documentation could have been clearer, just because it wasn't in the original documentation, most health insurance companies will accept an amendment to the medical record. I'm glad you mentioned that because that was going to be my next question, is can they amend the original record to better adjust so that those sufficient symptoms and criteria are met. Yes, absolutely. Amendments to the medical record are accepted. So why don't you wrap it up for us, Dr. Ravi, with what you feel as the Associate Chief Medical Officer at Health Alliance, to what you feel you want peers to know about really this topic of successful prior authorizations because it can be confusing to both patients and their families, but certainly to healthcare providers as well. 
I think what I want healthcare providers to know is that health plans want their members admitted under the appropriate level of care because it helps us know further down the road what assistance the member may need. So if someone is continually being admitted under an observation level of care, it may mean that they need more follow-up with their PCP, or perhaps they could benefit from a health coach or care coordination so they aren't bouncing in and out of the hospital for these short hospitalization stays. On the opposite side, if someone meets an inpatient level of care, perhaps they have heart failure or they have COPD, and so they could also benefit from other supports within the health plan. So it's important to us for members to be admitted to the appropriate level of care, but we need that documentation in order to assure that they are admitted under the appropriate level. I think it would save health care costs all around. If we do have successful prior authorizations and those criteria are met and that we're all on the same page, I really appreciate you joining us today. This was a really important topic. And thank you so much, Dr. Ravi, for joining us today and helping to clear up some of the confusion when it comes to assignment of appropriate levels of care for hospitalized patients. For more information and to get connected with one of our providers, please visit carl.org. Or for a listing of Carl providers and to view Carl-sponsored educational activities, please visit our website at carlconnect.com. That concludes this episode of Expert Insights with the Carl Foundation Hospital. I'm Melanie Cole.